Hello, and welcome to Soccer Perspective for Parents, where we'll be discussing what the coaches and refs really wish you, the parent, knew about the beautiful game. The goal of this podcast is to bridge the knowledge gap between the parents, that's you, and the coaches and refs. I will attempt to explain the game and rules in a way you can understand. That way, when you're out there watching Timmy, you can just enjoy the game. Okay, today we're going to be talking about outside midfielders or wingers, but I'm going to preface that with a couple of notes. Number one, I can see what the most downloaded episodes are, and right now the most downloaded one is the outside defenders, which is cool. I love it. That's where I played most of my time. But I think it's because of how the episodes are listed. It's listed as the top one, and so I think that's the first one that all of y'all are listening to. You can listen to the positions in any order you want to. It doesn't really matter. If you see a position that you want to listen to, go for it. But make sure you listen to the position numbering system first. That's a base for the position, so if you haven't listened to it yet, pause here, go listen to it, and then come back. Number two, I know I said the center midfielders are the most important in the last episode that I had, but it's also the shortest episode I had that was not intended. They are the most important position in my eyes, and usually are the most skilled. The reason I think it's so short is because that's one of the only positions I didn't really play much of. I wasn't a center midfielder. I didn't like center midfielder. I didn't like being in the center of the midfield because I felt constrained and and tight, and I didn't really like it. So I think there's an unconscious bias there on my part. I'm not 100% sure, but take that for what it is. They are, in my eyes, the most important and the most skilled positions on the field. Okay, so on to outside midfielders and wingers. The outside midfielders sit on the outside of the center midfielders. They're on the outside edge of the field, hence the name outside midfielders or wingers because they're the wing of the offense or the wing of the field. They usually provide the width to the field. They also are usually ones to cross the ball into the box. And what we mean by crossing the ball into the box is they'll be on the outside and they'll just kick the ball or lob the ball from the outside into the center of the field, usually inside the 18-yard box. So that's what we mean by crossing into the box. They're most likely to take the corners, but that varies from team to team and offense, offense, and all that. But usually they're the ones that lines up for the corners. Wingers are like attacking center midfielders for the outside midfielders. Uh, that's, there's, so there's a little bit of overlap there between an attacking midfielder and a winger. So usually some guys that line up as attacking center midfielders can line up as wingers. Some guys that line up as wingers line up as attacking center midfielders. So there's a lot of cross here, so you need to kind of pay attention to who you're talking about and what their particular skills are. So because of that, generally wingers are more attacking-minded than the normal outside midfielders. Now, they don't get rid of their defensive responsibilities. Though, so they still have to drop into the defense and play defense. You also have what they call an inverted winger. Uh, the best example of these are Arian Robin, who played for the Dutch team, and also Megan Rapino. Everybody should know who she is if you're into American soccer. Uh, go look them up. They're both very good examples of inverted wingers. Talking more about inverted wingers. So traditionally, an outside midfielder winger plays on the side of their dominant foot. So if they're right-footed, they play on the right side of the field. If they're left-footed, they play on the left side of the field. And they do this because they're using their stronger foot to cross the ball inside. So they can use that outside right foot to kick it towards the center. So usually people tend to favor the side their foot's on, which causes outside midfielders and wingers to drift to the outside of the field. So in the modern game, what's happening now is they're taking, some teams are taking those outside midfielders or wingers and 
putting them on opposite sides of the field. So now their strong foot is on the inside of the field. And what ends up happening there is it drags them more into the middle of the field and it puts their dominant foot on the goal, which causes them to take a lot more shots. In order to do this, a lot of times they're paired with a very strong defensive back and that defensive back will push up a little bit higher and provide them, uh, provide the width for the field. So this is where you see a lot of the wing back played. If you don't know what a wing back is, go back and listen to the outside defenders and I talk a little bit about there. Okay. There's also what they call a false winger. And what happens here is you take somebody that generally plays in the middle of the field and you put them on one of the wing spots. But as soon as the match starts, they move into the center and they play the center. So what this will do is drag that defender that's going to mark him, that outside defender, drag him into the center of the field and put him out of position, leaving an outside very open and vulnerable to attack. And if they don't do that, it congests the center of the field and gives a number advantage to the attacking team, allowing them to create more chances through the middle. If it does bring him in, then it provides like a wing back or somebody else that room on the outside edge to create chances from the outside. So now we're going to talk about the main responsibilities of the outside midfielders. Their biggest responsibility is to create goal scoring chances from the outside. Cross the ball in, have people put a header into the net, game over, we win. They're also supposed to try and stretch the opposition's defense. Drag those defenders out as wide as they can, opening up space in the middle for their center forwards and people like that to move around and get chances on goal. They're supposed to move the ball upfield and bypass the defenders on the outside edge generally to try and get chances off. They also need to support their defense. So usually what's going to happen here is they're going to drop back and inside of their mark. Generally their mark is going to be the other team's opposing winger or outside midfielder. It depends on what the other team is playing. They will also talk to whoever the outside back is on their side and work together with that defender to stop any attacks coming down the side. So it's very important that 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 outside midfielder and that outside defender communicate a lot and know each other pretty well because they're going to need to know how to play with each other. All right, the main responsibilities of a winger. Pretty much everything listed above, they just have more emphasis on the attacking aspect of things and a lot less emphasis on the defensive side of stuff. That doesn't completely absolve them from their defensive responsibilities. They still have to get back and help. They're just not expected to drop as far into the defense as a typical outside midfielder would. They're, they're expected to play a little bit higher and attack the ball to stop the uh, team coming at them at a higher side of the field than the, than the regular outside midfielder. They're also expected to not only create goal scoring opportunities for the forwards, but to also score their fair share of goals. That's the main reason that they've been pushed up and in a little bit. It's so that they can score more goals. The outside midfielder only has like one goal, but 85 assists. All right, cool. He's doing his job. He's getting the ball in. Forwards are scoring goals. If the winger only has one goal, but like 85 assists, cool. You're getting assists, but we need you to bump up those goals because that's your main, that's one of the main reasons you're pushed up like you are is to score goals. All right, so we're going to move on to the qualities of a good outside mid or winger. There's enough overlap here to not have to separate them, so we're just going to roll with it. General athletic ability. It's going to be important for all players. So stuff like speed, agility, acceleration, reaction time, 
not so much jumping ability, but jumping ability helps. All that stuff is good for an outside wing, outside mid, especially on the speed and acceleration because they're going to be taking people one-on-one a lot. So they need to be able to outrun and out-accelerate those defenders. They need sound technical abilities. So they need to be able to dribble. They need to be able to shoot. They need to be able to pass. They need to be able to cross. Cross is a big one because crosses lead to chances. Dribbling and shooting are probably more important for the wingers, though, because they're going to be pushed up and attacking more often. So they need to be able to beat these defenders one-on-one and be able to score when they take these shots. So they need to be able to dribble and shoot a little bit better than the regular outside mid. Outside mid, I would say crossing is more important for them. They need to be tactically sound. They need to know where to position themselves to be most effective. And they need to know when to push on the attack and when to sit back. This is kind of stuff that you learn over time, but being very tactically sound as a winger outside mid is very important because you don't want to run yourself dead and you don't want to be caught out of position too high when the ball turns around and goes because you're leaving your defense out to hang if you don't get back and help out. They need to have a high work ethic. They need to do the things that others don't want to. It requires a lot of playing the ball on both sides of the field. You got to up and back, up and back. That's why it's one of the toughest positions to play. It's constant running. You don't get very much time to just chill on your butt. You need to have high endurance or what we call having an engine. With the things that I just listed and having high work ethic, you're going to need to have the ability to run a lot. You need to train yourself to have endurance. You need to be running a lot. Endurance is big for these wingers because there's a lot of running. And that's why in the lower levels and the younger levels, you see a lot of subbing going on on the outside wings. Which leads me to one of my favorite things I used to like to do as a player on the outside is run my butt off and try and wear out that other winger and see if I could get him subbed out before I got subbed out. It was just one of my favorite things to do. It made me happy to see him suffer. It made me happy to see him put his hands on his knees hunch over, and breathing heavy. If I did that, I thought I had already run the mental battle, and I was five steps ahead of him. You need to be unselfish. You need to be willing to give up the ball so other people can score the goal, especially as an outside mid. It doesn't apply so much to wingers because wingers are looking to score more goals than the outside mids, but it's still nice to feed your friend and let him score a goal every now and then. One of the hardest things for people to train and to pick up is to have good field vision, be able to see what's going on around you, without looking directly over there. So being able to use your peripheral vision to see who's moving where and and where the players are. It can lead to a lot of cheeky passes and a lot of good opportunities if you can see players moving around you without looking at them. All right, now we move on to the famous outside midfielders and wingers. First off, you got Stanley Matthews. He's considered England's best winger. He's the first ever Ballon d'Or trophy. It's also known as the Golden Ball, and it signifies the player of the year. You also have Paco Gento. You also have Roberto Rivellino, who perfected the El Clasico, which is prominent by a bunch of players today. Ronaldinho is the one I most associate it with, but you've also seen people like Cristiano Ronaldo use it. He was also a teammate of Pele, and Pele was never able to learn this move, which is a little fun side fact. Then you also have Garincha. He's known as one of, if not the greatest dribbler of all time. He was also a teammate of Pele's on the Brazil team that won in 58 and 62. He actually inspired the first Olay chants that's used around the world today. It's a funny side note on him. He was born with a right leg one inch shorter than his left. Also, his left leg was turned outwards 
and his right leg was turned inwards. And when he was a kid, a doctor declared him to be crippled. This is where he got his nickname of the bent-legged angel, or it's Anjo de Pernas Tortas in Brazil. Then you have probably one of my favorite players of all time, and I think he plays a lot like Messi does now, and George Best. If you haven't got to watch video of George Best dribbling, go watch a video of George Best dribbling. I love to watch his dribbling, just like I wa- like to watch pa- uh, just like I like to watch Messi dribble now. I actually think Messi probably watched George Best or saw footage of George Best and is emulating George Best now. You also have Luis Figo. Ryan Giggs, early in his career, was considered a winger. He eventually transitioned to center mid, but if you want to see a good example of a winger, watch early Ryan Giggs. Then you have who I uh, named earlier as a good inverted winger, Arian Robin. Great example of watching of somebody that got inverted and carried the ball in versus going to the outside. I like to make fun of Arian Robin a lot, though, because there's a really famous clip of him where he got tripped and rolled and people made good videos of him rolling. Uh, it's great videos to watch. If you get a chance, go watch some of them. Then you also have David Beckham. Everybody's heard of David Beckham. I don't need to go into too much detail on David Beckham, but David Beckham is a good example of a classic outside mid and how they played traditionally. I'm going to butcher this name, but it's Bernard Schneider is how I think you pronounce it. Go take a look at him. Then you have a current player that I actually like a lot, even though he plays on one of my teams that I hate, and I believe he's still at Chelsea right now, Eden Hazard. Then you have Gareth Bale, who's been with Real Madrid for a while. I don't know if that's where he still is. I'd have to look. He's a good person to also look for winger, but I don't prefer, I don't really like him very much, but hey, that's a side note. Then you have on the women's side, uh, she just won the 2020, the 2021 Ballon d'Or, uh, for the women. Alexia Putelis. I need to take a look at her more, but from what I understand, she's a great winger. Now, these next three, or sorry, four, these next four have been wingers at a certain point, but are also forwards or attacking midfielders. I consider them more forwards than wingers. Depends on the composition. You can, they're kind of used all over the attack due to their versatility and their ability to play everywhere. So you need to see where these guys are playing, but they have played a lot of winger and a lot of them started their career as winger. First, first and foremost, you have Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo was a, was a textbook example of a winger when he was at Manchester United. Now through his career, he's moved more forward, but he still from time to time moves into winger or something like that. Then you have Raheem Sterling, who's killing it right now. He's, uh, also, I think right now he's playing more forward than winger, but he's uh, done a lot of winger himself. Lionel Messi has also played a lot of winger depending on who he was partnered with. Generally, I think of him more as a forward than a winger, but he's kind of played a little bit of everywhere, as well as Neymar. Neymar has done the same thing. All right, some of the best American outside midfielders slash wingers that we have. Current player, probably our best player currently, besides maybe Giovanni uh, Reyna, but I'd need to see more out of Gio Reyna. You have Christian Pulisic, who is uh, at Chelsea right now, and he's a great player. Looking for him to do a lot in the upcoming World Cup, but we'll see. We need to see a little more out of him for the American team, but we'll see what happens. Then you have Paul Aurelio, who is also a current player. 
uh, a past player, one of my favorite players growing up. You have Kobe Jones on the women's side. You have Megan Rapino, who is, like I said earlier, a great example of an inverted winger. I don't know if she's going to make the world next World Cup or not. We'll see. This is one of my favorite female players to watch, Tobin Heath. She has great dribbling skills, and she's not afraid to take players one-on-one. She's super flashy and super fun to watch. I really wish she'd get more playing time. If you haven't seen it, go watch her double nutmeg from the U.S. versus Canada in 2009. Great clip. Love that clip. I try and watch that clip at least once every couple months. Tobin Heath is one of my favorite women's national team players to watch. Then you have Christine Press, who doesn't, she hasn't started a lot. I expect to see her starting more in this next World Cup as if Megan Rapinoe's not there. As she pulls back on playing time, I expect to see Christine, uh, Christine Press to take more starting time, but we'll see how that pans out. They still have a year to figure all that out. But she's also another great winger. Slots into forward sometimes, stays in winger sometimes. So we'll see where she gets played in the next World Cup and in the next year or so. But she's also a great uh, winger if you want to go take a uh, take a peek at a good female winger. Uh, a couple things to note before we head out. This is the first podcast I've done since everything's kind of got up and running. There's a webpage up and running. Go visit it. It's soccer, a perspective for parents.com. There should be a link on every platform to a link tree that will take you to that and also will take you to my current Facebook page that I've made. So if you get a chance, try to find that link and go and join the Facebook group and the webpage. If you can't find it, go to the webpage, soccer, a perspective for parents.com and join and we'll be able to get hook you up there to get to the other ones. I also have an email up and going for right now, soccer podcast for parents at gmail.com. Email me any questions, comments, gripes you have, and I'll try and get back to you. That may be changing shortly. If it does, I will let you know. If you can, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard so far, leave a rating and a comment on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps a ton. I'm also considering how I want to add a video aspect to this as well. Let me know if you'd be interested in this so I can gauge the, so I can gauge whether or not it's worth my time. Right now I'm working out the logistics is how exactly I want to do this. Uh, but if I don't see a lot of push for it, then I may not do it. But it's definitely in the back of my head and something I'm thinking about right now. Also, I see the person listening in Kenya. I was not expecting to go international this soon. I see you. Thank you. And welcome to the group. So thanks for listening. As always, remember that the kids are out there for fun. And let's have a good day.